What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line, the Iceman himself. I think he's just permanently stuck in the doghouse. Josh Cohen, how you doing? It really feels like a refrigerator. Actually, it feels like an ice bath down here, honestly. It's very cold in my basement right now. It's very uncomfortable. Did you work out? Did you work out first? I wish I could, but my, I have a bum shoulder right now, so no, oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm I'm out two to four weeks, I think. Are you? At, wait, hold on, hold on. Before we continue with this, does that mean you're not playing basketball on Sunday? No, I'm still playing. Like, oh. you are with a bum shoulder? Yeah, I'll be all right. I played the yeah. last couple of weeks. I've been fine. My <laughs> God, our residential medical expert Rojan Walia, tell this man how risky this is. You can't, you can't risk that with a new baby. No, no, he's playing it safe with his ego. That's what he's doing. He's just uh, <laughs> giving the excuse when he's airballing the shots, missing open passes, getting stripped. Uh, I, like, I think this is straight up right now. Just the uh, excuses, eh? Can't carry the bur- uh, can't see, carry the load, eh? What you've described is a typical Sunday from Raj, the resident banger in the paint, who has not been banging <laughs> in the paint lately. He's been uh, very he's very done, quiet. Man. Haven't he's seen him for paint. a while. Nah, he's not a painter anymore. Yeah, man. Busy. Raj is yeah. basically like uh he's like Brooke Lopez these days, man. He just hangs out at the three. <laughs> That's where I belong, man. I, I've been uh, mislabeled my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> mislabeled as a big man. That's that's the problem. Except his big five. man skills aren't refined enough. Yeah. Stretch five. <laughs> my apologies, my apologies. I mean, not really a stretch five, more of a traditional five, but guys, DeAndre Ayton signed that offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers. Boom. Was anyone expecting the Indiana Pacers for four years, $133 million for DeAndre Ayton? Max contract. And then, uh, so what? We got that in the news this afternoon, let's say around three, four from, uh, you know, the newsbreakers, and then becomes official around 7.30, and literally within 20 minutes, we got the tweet from Shams that said the Phoenix Suns are matching it immediately. So, uh, you know, that was a fun 20 minutes when we had the potential of a Tyrese Halliburton and DeAndre Ayton team. And now we're stuck with DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul and Devin Booker running it back again and again and again. Josh, is this team going to go anywhere? Is it like is this relationship just broken? I hate to bring in the whole Raptors angle again, but you would have to think now the Raptors Man. are in the driver's seat to be able to get Kevin Durant. Now that Phoenix no, 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 we're not doing this. DeAndre, we're not doing this. Okay, okay, I'm just no, saying. No, we're not talking about KD to the Raptors. This is part no, of the no, angle, no. though, right? Because like it is not anymore. No, in terms of Phoenix, in terms of Phoenix, right? The only way for them to acquire Kevin Durant now is they can't trade DeAndre Aiden, so that takes a piece off the board. Somebody who you'd think that Brooklyn would want because they're still trying to win because they don't have their own draft picks. And the other part of it is, um, you know, the pick swaps, for example, right? Like most teams, they want pick swaps as part of a massive package for a superstar player. And Brooklyn can't even do that because they don't have their own picks. So that complicates things, right? Like they're going to want more picks in general from a team. Like, for example, you know, with, and we're going to talk about this later, obviously, but Mitchell with the Knicks. Like, you want to pick a team where you can pick swap with them as long as you have your own picks um, with an organization that is known for just making really bad decisions. Because in the future, you know that this team is most likely not going to be good 
and you can take their picks from them and have some sort of like reliability factor where you know that you're going to get something good out of it. And with Phoenix now, they have their three guys, and they've been really good the last couple of years. But their only way to acquire KD now is with Cameron Johnson, Mikel Bridges, a third team most likely, and then trade all their picks and then hope that the third team also trades some picks in exchange for getting something good back from one of those two teams. It ain't going to happen. Raj, it's not going to happen, right? I think Phoenix is really in a position where they're they're basically kind of stuck with their core three until Chris Paul ends up retiring or joining LeBron in L.A. I think that's like the two possible scenarios where they actually are able to get their third different star. And uh, I think they looked at the, the price for Kevin Durant. I know Josh is just obsessed with this, so I'll run with it for a bit. Um, but I think they looked at the price for Kevin Durant and realized that the trade wasn't there. And uh, once Aiden didn't want to sign any extension with them, they uh, they decided to match the offer sheet that Indiana um, decided to put on the table. And honestly, I, I think this is overall for the benefit of the Phoenix Suns, the right decision. I, I think you're paying Aiden a lot of money, but he's still a young center. Um, there's not a lot of centers that play his style. And in my opinion, he's like the polished JV. Um, and with a point guard like uh, Chris Paul, you're going to get good output from him. And I know Josh has given me the look like he's uh, never seen this sport. But I, I think Aiden plays a very back-to-the-basket type of game. He's kind of plays really close to the rim. And... Uh, I really think overall Phoenix is, d- did the right move. I don't think going for Kevin Durant was going to help their team in the long run. We don't besmirch JV's name on this podcast, first of all. And JV is extremely posh. What you meant to say was he's JV, but with good defense. That's what he is. Because they have the same sorts of moves on offense. I think Aiton is a bit more polished in terms of the outside game. But uh, defensively, so he's, more polished. he's on a different level than JV. So he... So he's hold more on, polished. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Defensively. Defensively he is. But DeAndre Ayton ain't leading the league in three-point percentage halfway through the year. You know what I mean? Yeah, taking one three a game. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't Yo, if he makes it, he might be leading the league. <laughs> yeah, he's just got to take one and make one per game. Yeah. So just quickly, in terms of Ayton, there's a couple notes in here that are pretty important. So Ayton has full veto power on a trade for a full year now. That's part of the deal. And then also, he can't get traded until January 15th, and he can't get traded for a full year to Indiana if Indiana chooses to go after him again. So that's pretty important. So they're basically going to have DeAndre Aiden for at least a year. I think this is a long-term play for Phoenix. And it seems like Phoenix didn't want to give him the fifth year. I mean, that's all it really comes down to, right? Like You sign for four years instead of five because you only sign for five with your current team. So it takes a year off the contract, I suppose, which is... Okay, no, no, no. I, I think I don't think Phoenix wanted to give him the max. I mean, this is the max, though. It's the four-year max instead of yeah, the five-year max. But but they were pushed into this position, though, is what I mean. No, right? but they like, could they have given him the it. exact same deal with an extra year added onto it. If they chose yeah, to. Yeah, but they didn't want yeah, it. I don't think they wanted to spend the money because by giving him this contract, like this year alone, he's costing them like $62 million, even though his contract is only 33 on the year. Right, like they're way over the luxury tax, so to to have to pay an extra thirty million on top of his salary alone just for just for DeAndre Ayton, who effectively 
I mean, realistically, we could probably find one or two big men who can do something very similar to his skill set. Right? Yeah. I Maybe think not he's that being level. underrated now after the last game or two of that Mavericks no, series. No, even, even before that. Like, he he was incredible during the, the year that they went to the finals. He even was last incredible year in, in the, the first, first round. round. Yeah. He was, but I think part of his incre- his incredible play is due to Chris Paul being there and Chris Paul, as we know, makes every big man better, right? Give me, give me him when he had Rubio. He was good. He was solid, but I wouldn't say he was anywhere close to what he was doing with Chris Paul. The thing is, like, it's an easy like ten points. If you look at his splits without the guards on the floor, he actually does pretty well. Like, you're still averaging like twenty points and nine rebounds on good percentages, and he's still young. He's still getting better. He's gotten better every year. He's been he is the very lead. young. And they have a really good, is, they have a really yeah. good core four, right? Like they got, they got bridges yeah. as well. And I'm not sure what's happening with Cameron Johnson in terms of his extension. But yo, um, they, have, they still have Jay Crowder, man. Core five, yeah, Come on. core five, man. <laughs> He's not going to be there for long, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Crowder's definitely out the door. <laughs> they got to boot his ass so bad. You would think so. Yo, he's going to go to Minnesota, man. Just watch. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a new hot spot for these random t- old players. Just in terms of like the outside perspective, looking in to Phoenix, Phoenix is a team that never wants to pay the luxury tax, and maybe they're going to you know cut Jay Crowder loose in a deal like that in order to potentially get close or near the luxury tax threshold. Um, but you know, again, if they go back to the Kevin Durant option, they're going to be paying like not Warriors type luxury tax, obviously, because nobody's paying that. But they're going to be paying a lot of money next year if they choose to go that route. And if they go that route, like they're going to be an incredible team, obviously, so it's worth it. But does their owner want to do that? Probably not. Yeah, I think Kevin Durant's off the table for Phoenix. I really do, especially with yeah. Unless unless Aiden really has like a, a huge issue with the Suns and basically allows the Suns to trade him, um, that could possibly happen. But again, I, I kind of like where you were going with Phoenix not. Putting in like if they really believe that Aiden was part of their future, part of their core, really wanted him and thought he was good value, they would have signed him to a five-year deal. Um, and they chose they, not. They to. would have offered him a contract initially. Yeah, they didn't the offer him years. an extension. That's the five years. No, they didn't. They didn't offer him any extension. No, but if you're going to offer him that, like you have to offer the five years. No, they didn't. No, they. No, I mean, they realistically, you have to. Like looking yeah, at it yeah. from like an agent's perspective. Like, and why the not the five yeah. years? You're not going to okay. sign for four years when you can get five. Especially if you're going to pay him good money. Sure? Yeah, like, wouldn't you be offended if a if team could... the same money, what's the difference? Because the guaranteed year. I don't know, man. No, like, I if you I, like, I understand your argument, but, like, modern NBA, I don't think players care about, like, long-term contracts. No, they What? Do. Yeah, you, Oh, come on, man. Peter, if I give you 100000 for not four when there's years... No chemistry. If if I gave you a hundred thousand for four years and there was a potential that I could give you a hundred thousand for five years, you wouldn't you kind of be offended that I didn't give you five years if it was well within my power? You know better than this. Come on, man. Come on, like, yeah. Let it go. Let it go. You got to let it year slide. of his contract. He's screwed, right? You'd rather have that, you know, extra yeah, year on yeah, top. Yeah. And I think yeah, the yeah, Suns okay, could offer okay. more money too. I think that's the other factor in this. I'm pretty sure that like the they original could. team can offer more money plus the extra year, which gives them more incentive this to sign correct. with the current team, right? So why would they not do this that? Is correct. Because they don't care about DeAndre Ayton, man. He's replaceable. They could. They should have kept JaVale McGee. 
Oh, man. I hope that's <laughs> one team that we talk about later in the podcast because that team's interesting now. But, yeah, just in terms of eight, you know, like, just to end on this, I suppose, unless you guys want to continue with this. But, nah. um, you know, Phoenix is still in a good position, obviously. Like, they still have their core coming back. But, again, it just comes down to how much the owner wants to spend on this team because I could definitely see them, like, not only trading Jay Crowder, but they might not end up trading Cameron Johnson, too, because he's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It seems like Sarver has turned, maybe has turned a new leaf with, uh, no, you don't, yeah. you're not buying it. I don't think uh, so. With all the allegations like out here, you don't think he's trying to like turn his image at all? The racial allegations, Your sexual, money uh, sexual harassment allegations, you know? Nothing. Yeah. I don't that's think That's another Sarver's... factor in this though. Cause you know, according to reports that's supposed to conclude very soon. So he may not be the owner soon enough if it's really bad, but you think if it's really bad, somebody nah, will report it by now. Yeah, yeah, he'll still be the reporter. He wouldn't have let Kevin Arnovitz waltz into the locker room and do like a full blown, uh, you know, analysis of the team. For lack did of you read that terms. article, by the way? I skimmed it. You should have read the entire thing. That article is incredible. The, really? The Suns basically just said like, we do not care about the draft. Like they, yeah. they said it straight up. We're like, they're just like, we don't look at anybody in the draft. We just only look at four year players. And that's why they drafted Cameron Johnson so high, and everyone was surprised by it. But it, it worked out for them. But in most cases, that does not work out if you're, you know, drafting uh, a guy. Jalen Smith. <laughs> yeah, like they just had no clue. They just didn't look at anybody else. <laughs> that's the reason why Halliburton wasn't drafted by them because they never looked at him in the first place. Is that why they drafted DeAndre Ayton instead of Luka Doncic? <laughs> Actually, I think that was, is was great. James Jones there during that one. Uh, I think that was the following year. I think he was in the following year. Yeah, well, I'm not positive, so. though. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> wild, wild stuff. Okay, uh, let's move on to another disgruntled star because I'm pretty sure that Donovan Mitchell has got to be pretty upset with the Utah Jazz right now, right? Like, they traded Rudy Gobert for a lot of young pieces, no one necessarily established, other than Patrick Beverly. Do you really want Patrick Beverly as your backcourt mate? Uh, they traded his boy Royce O'Neal. Eric Pascal is already gone. Basically, this Utah team is Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, who's old as shit, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, who's also old-ish. I'm pretty sure he's in his early 30s. And a bunch of young guys. And the rumors are now circulating about Donovan Mitchell making his way over to New York in a trade. Um, Raj... Is this going to be another case of the Knicks being the Knicks, just going after stars and oddly combining Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell in the backcourt? It doesn't seem they, like the best idea, does it? They might as well bring back Mike D'Antoni um, if that's the case, because you're going to have no defense in the backcourt and you're probably going to gut your team of any structure you have if you do that. And I see the allure for Mitchell, like playing in New York from – coming from Utah, like you're going from one of the smaller NBA markets to one of the biggest. And he would be the guy there. And if you look at where he sits with the Jazz, they've changed coaches. They got rid of their second best player um, in Gobert. And they're coming in with a new philosophy. And it, it really looks like they're in a rebuilding phase. And I don't think Mitchell is... I think if Mitchell is going to leave, he's going to leave now or he's not going to leave for a very long time. And this is kind of his window to leave. I can see also maybe Miami uh, trying to see if they can get some kind of package to bring him over. But 
Uh, I personally think the Knicks will end up doing something ridiculous um, and uh, end up giving up R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, probably a few other picks just for Donovan Mitchell, and they're just going to go all offense and probably be the ninth or 10th seed again. Yeah, I'm looking at their cap sheet right now to see what kind of trade that they have to make. Because Mitchell's making 32, 35, something along those lines. Is that right? Uh, somewhere around there. Let me check. 30 million. Yeah, I they think make so. Expect 30 million. And they yeah. have 12 million uh, in cap space. So I think they have to get within like a certain percentage of that in order to take him as part of the deal. So you'd have to wonder 75%. What... Yeah, so you'd have to wonder what the Jazz are going for. Like it's been rumored that they want Quentin Grimes and then probably the biggest haul of trades or tra- um uh draft picks ever assembled, right? Like they might end up getting like six first round picks from the Knicks plus pick swaps because they don't want to take back a guy like, you know, Julius Randle. They're going to have to take back some contracts obviously. Uh... Evan Fournier, thank you very much. I could definitely see that. Like he makes the most sense oh, out yeah. of all of them, honestly, because he makes oh, twenty yeah. million a year, and Donovan Mitchell. He's makes... also the whitest one. Yeah, and they're not trying to win, obviously, right? So <laughs> Evan Fournier might end up being their star player going into next year Yo. because they're trying to trade the other guys too, right? Like they're trying to trade Boyan, they're trying to trade Jordan Clarkson. Like this team is going to be completely gutted next year, and they're going to end up. Well, maybe potentially getting the next great French big man. So it's sort of like a recurring cycle oh. for them. Oh, so you're saying they're just targeting the French? It seems like it. All right, because they're not going to be trying to win next year. It's going to be them in San Antonio in the tank for Victor. Well, if you were Utah, wouldn't you uh, go after someone other than Quentin Grimes, like? quickly or top in at the same time like wouldn't you want more pieces as well as draft picks yeah i mean the obvious piece is barrett but there's been you know a lot of talk about new york not wanting to give him up and as much as i like barrett as a fellow canadian everyone talks about him as if he's like this blue chip prospect and if you look at his numbers like he hasn't been that good his shooting has been on and off and his free throw percentage is terrible and his you know his play from the field in terms of finishing at the basket has not been good. His passing has improved over the last couple of years since he's been in the league, obviously. But I don't think he's this blue-chip guy. And then if you're keeping all these guys together, like say they trade Grimes, Fournier, some salary, and you get like the biggest um, amount of first-round picks back and pick swaps ever, right? You get six first-round picks, a bunch of pick swaps. You're going to have a starting lineup of Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, R.J. Barrett, Randall and Robinson like that's four guys in the starting lineup that need the ball so as much talent as they Ugh. have I'm not sure that really fits oh it no doesn't. it would not fit very well oh it doesn't and no I think another player that will probably be included in this trade is Cam Reddish um yeah I think like honestly the trade package that I could see maybe happening is Grimes Reddish Fournier and then probably three first round draft picks more than that Fine, fine. You Still know, insane. Yeah, for Donovan Mitchell, especially insane. If, or it, it may be Barrett Grimes, like reddish, and then three picks. I think that that could maybe do it. And again, Donovan Mitchell is a good player, but like he's very, uh, he plays on one side of the ball. Like if he was a two way player, then maybe you could say that this could be the right move. But 
Especially, remember, the Knicks still have Tom Thibodeau as a coach. Like, Tom Thibodeau and Donovan Mitchell. Just imagine that. I can't. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as you mentioned, he's a bad defensive player going to a team with a defense-first coach who demands you play defense or else you sit on the bench. And now he's going to have Donovan Mitchell, who doesn't give enough effort on defense, and Jalen Brunson, who's a pretty solid defensive player, but he just doesn't have the necessary athleticism to guard the best guards in the NBA. And then you're going to have to put all that on Barrett if he stays. And if he doesn't stay, then who do you replace Barrett with in the starting lineup? And then is it even worth it to trade for Mitchell if you have a massive hole at the three? It's going to be like Derek Rose. <laughs> it's going to be like Brunson, Rose, and Mitchell. <laughs> Go Come all on, guards. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Those three plus Randall and Robinson, boom. Oh, my God. There's your there's your 30-win team right there. <laughs> and, you know, there was a good point brought right. up by, uh, you know, John Hollinger um, where he said, like, when when trade talks get to this level where, like, guys like Shams and Woj are reporting on it, it usually gets to the finish line. So I think ultimately, you know, the Jazz are not trying to win next year, obviously. So I could definitely see them taking one of those two packages whether it's Grimes, Valerie, and then the biggest haul of picks ever. Like, we're going to be surprised by how many picks they gave away. Like, they're talking about eight first-round picks, because that's what the Knicks have. No way. It, it could definitely happen. No way. No. Like, Mitchell has no. more value than Gobert, right? And Gobert got, what, five first-round picks does, plus pick swaps? Hold on. How does Donovan Mitchell have more value than two- or three-time defensive player of the year? Oh, come on, man. How did, I, hold on. How does he have more value than Paul George did? Like, how are you going to get more out of Donovan Mitchell than you did for Paul George? Also, it's it's easier getting scores. That's the key. Like, finding a good score is easier than finding a tall defender who's the defensive player of the year. I can't believe you're defending Rudy after last podcast. This is interesting. I'm not defending Rudy. I'm just telling <laughs> I'm just... you the truth. Yeah, I, like, I understand like the, the hype behind Donovan Mitchell, but I don't think it's... Okay, I don't want to say it's not legitimate, but like I don't think he's as hyped up as he should be. Or I think he's too hyped up, sorry. I think he gets like extraordinary amounts of praise. Cuz if you look at if you really think about his like his premier year it was that 2020 season, right? In the bubble where he like he exploded. That series against the Nuggets, him and Jamal Murray go back and forth with 50 point games, blah blah blah. If we're really using that as like the barometer of like his greatness, why aren't we talking about Jamal Murray having that same level of expectation or that same level of hype behind his game? The guy who actually won that series, not the guy who lost the series. I, you know what I mean? I, like, I understand it. I understand, like, Donovan Mitchell's game is pretty. Like, he's he's super athletic. He's really loved by the media, all that kind of stuff. But he's kind of just like a, another scorer. Like, he's an amazing scorer. I'm not going to take anything away from him. It's but just, he's a scorer. It's not often you get a 25-year-old guard as good as him that comes available in the market who's under contract for at least the next three years, right? He's, These he's, contracts don't mean shit, Josh. KD hasn't even started his extension yet, and he's already asking for a trade. No, for sure. But These contracts don't mean KD's shit anymore. KD's 34 years old too, right? So, and Donovan, my, point, my point is that he can ask out at any time. No, like sure. he, Next year, if it goes like shit... Donovan Mitchell can just say, I want out again. No, for sure. And what are the Knicks going to do? And we saw that this year with Harden, obviously. But, yeah, you know, if you look at all the factors surrounding Mitchell in New York, like he's from New York, obviously. 
his people are in New York right now. He's got a lot of like connections from the New York Knicks in terms of the team itself and the management. So this seems like the perfect pairing. If you didn't have Brunson, it would make more sense, honestly. Like if 100%. Mitchell was just a, like, the lead guard and you had like a big two next to him, and then you have Barrett, Randall, Robinson. Yep. The other problem is Randall too, right? Because now you're going to have these massive contracts, like three massive contracts. Oh, I love it. And you have Barrett coming up next offseason who's going to get a max, right? He's going to get a max. Let's just be honest. He ought to. He might get DeAndre Ayton. Oh, no, no, the Knicks would never do that. He's getting the full five years. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That's a lot of money for what? A six seed? Maybe? Like a th- like a thirty five to forty win team, like realistically, oh yeah, maybe forty five tops. No, forty five is generous. They have no defense, like, uh, and like Mitchell Robinson's always got, injured. Uh, they got Derrick Rose. Oh, my, yeah, that's they true. They got Derrick Rose. <laughs> back in twenty ten, I would <laughs> the be fallback like, to everything Tibbs related. All right, well, enough of this hypothetical. I'm I'm good. Um, can we talk about like? Okay, guys, give me a team that surprised you with this offseason. Either they made a big move and you're like, oh, shit, you know, that was nice, like uh, the Denver Nuggets. Or you can be like, oh, that's... I'm not sure that was the right move, Sacramento Kings taking in Malik Monk. <laughs> you know? Josh, give me give me, give me, me a team here. Well, you gave away my team. I was going to choose the Denver Nuggets, and I feel like I have to choose somebody else. But I think we should talk about Denver quickly. I think... What they did in the offseason, like a lot of people are criticizing the trade that they made because they gave away two starters from last year, even though Monte Morris, I don't think he's really a starter. Like he's really, he's like Tyus Jones. Like he's great in a pinch. He can start like 40 plus games for you. Yeah. You're really solid. But ultimately like. Starting out of necessity. Yeah. Like he's the 25th to 30th best point guard in the league, maybe. And, uh, you know, the main reason why they made that trade, obviously, was to get KCP. And they locked him up yesterday for two more years at a really reasonable price at $15 million a year. And he's going to be a great fit next to Jokic, who's going to get him all the looks that he can ever imagine from the corner, which he's obviously great at doing. And the other thing is, like, KCP is super durable, too. Like, he basically plays in every game, every single season. That's going to be key for a Denver team that's known to have a lot of injuries. And then obviously like signing Brown for what seems like the most, like the biggest bargain of the offseason, right? Like after the playoffs that he had against a great defense like Boston, even though they weren't guarding him in a lot of the games, like he still has to hit those shots. And he was really good defensively as well. And he's one of the best cutters in the NBA and he's going to be another great fit with Jokic. And I think he's going to start in a lot of games too when you project that, you know, Murray's not going to play in a lot of back-to-backs, Porter's not going to play in a lot of back-to-backs and someone's going to inevitably get injured throughout the course of the year. So getting those two guys for as cheap as they did, like two starting level players for $15 million a year, and Bruce Bowen is making like $7 million? Like that's a phenomenal offseason. Yeah, he's making a, he's on a two-year $13 million contract. So pretty good. Not bad, Nuggets. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, obviously I'm on board with all of these things. It hurt to see Monte Morris leave, though. I you know. <laughs> As a Denver Nuggets fan, it was it was harsh. Monte Morris is like the modern version of Jose Calderon. It was it was rough watching. Him Except go, he Will plays Barton a little bit of defense. <laughs> yeah, but he can't hit threes like Jose did, man. Jose was a knockdown shooter. Remember that time that Jose was uh, 
and then running for an all-star spot. And Gilbert Arenas lit his ass up through the NBA.com blog. <laughs> Gilbert's those, such a Those hater. were the days. <laughs> I think Jose holds the uh, free throw record too, right? Like the amount of free throws made in a row most, in the regular season. Most consecutive free throws, yeah. You know who had it before him? Karan Butler. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Karan Butler used to chew a straw during games, like a piece of a straw during games. And I remember distinctly him doing that and shooting free throws. Yeah. But anyways, back to, the, <laughs> back to the Nuggets. Yeah, these are these are all great moves. Obviously, they're trying to alleviate as much pressure from Murray as they can for, uh, throughout the year, right? Just to make sure that he and Porter are healthy for the for the playoff run. And most importantly, Josh, they they locked in Nikola Jokic for another five years. The superest of maxes to Nikola Jokic, who signed it riding his horse or whatever he does in Serbia. So I'm pretty sure we're all fans of this move, right, Rush? Yeah, like, and I think the key thing Josh touched upon is the players they got play really well without the ball. And in the NBA, there are players that are very good, but they need the ball a lot, and then you're taking the ball away from your superstars. And uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce Brown, KCP, great off the ball, and... Uh, obviously losing Monte Morris, he understood the offense. He was a very, like, probably one of the best backup point guards there was in the NBA. Um, and it obviously sucks to lose him, but Denver probably, in my opinion, had the second best offseason. Who had the best? Oof, I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Celtics. Uh, even though I, I question the fit with Malcolm Brogdon and how much ball can go around, uh, I, I think they they solidified their team without giving up all that much. They got rid of quite a few bench players that were never going to be impact players or never even really touched the court in the NBA Finals. And um, doing so, they, they now have six or seven guys that they can rely on, and they're going to probably develop their rookies. And uh, look to be active in the in the buyout market. Maybe look to pick up a, a free agent who um, basically um, like a late free agent or someone who gets bought out. And uh, I think they're in a prime position. Like they were obviously the Eastern Conference champions, champions and they got stronger. Like they didn't lose anything. <laughs> Yo, did you guys uh, listen to the Malcolm Brogdon interview with Woj on the on Woj's podcast? No. At one point, they're talking about, like, the new CPA coming up and how, like, uh, I think how, like, the owners are going to see, like, what they can do with player empowerment and that kind of stuff. And at one point, Brogdon said something along the lines of, yeah, you know, like, players nowadays, like, they can ask for a trade at any time. You know, it's not a big deal. Obviously, you see guys who haven't started their contracts yet and still asking for trades. And then you don't do that, man. You just show up and you're just a bum and you ruin the team chemistry and then you get moved anyways. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names or anything, but you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Throwing the most obvious shade. I was like, oh man, I love this. Malcolm, you're a real one out there. Yeah, well done. <laughs> well fucking done. <laughs> He's not yeah, wrong. I think though, that the yeah. Celtics have to be uh, considered the favorites going into mm-hmm. next year, honestly. Like, if you look at the rosters and just didn't consider anything else, you'd say the Clippers probably. But with their health yeah. issues, I think, you know, the Celtics have a roster full of guys that play a lot of I think their only weakness now is like big men, right? Because you have yeah, Al Horford is not going to play as much next year, um, load management and such. And then Robert Williams has that knee injury. So if he goes down and Al Horford's sitting, then you have no big men left because they traded Tice. But that's a small thing. 
Whatever, you can figure that part out. Yeah. You can find someone who's like DeAndre Ayton for pennies. <laughs> Hater. <laughs> you like that, eh? Come on now. Uh, yeah, also the Clippers are going to do very well this year. Just watch. Even despite their injury concerns, they're going uh, at least to the conference finals, if not beyond. It depends on health, obviously, but this might be just be they're a case it. of them having too many guys. There's so no, many guys going, that play in that team. They're going. They're going. I believe in Ty Lue's coaching and controlling yeah. team uh, personalities. If the stars Tyler's are playing, a genius man. If the stars are playing, I agree with you, but there's no guarantees. Even if the stars aren't playing, watch someone like uh, Luke Kennard is gonna pop off again. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. Playoffs. They didn't. Why would they make the playoffs when PG didn't play most of the year? You just proved Kawhi my point. You said year. if the stars don't play, they're still gonna be in the conference finals, and now you're talking. Yeah, about but now this? they got John Wall with them, man. Ooh. They knew last year was a wash. The guy who's as played as PG forty went games out, they... in the last three years, huh? No, no, no. Yeah. Last year they knew it was a wash once PG was out. Like they, you, you saw the teams that they were putting out there. They, like, they were deliberately not trying to win. But it's gonna be different this year, Josh. Just not watch. trying to win. That's bold. Very bold. Yes, just like the Clippers. Raj, uh, what team caught you off guard this offseason? Oh, I know we promised not to talk about them, but <laughs> it has to be the Hawks. But let me... let me What? Yo, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You don't get to do this. I'm going to mute you. Cut this part no, out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute you if now, you continue You were the one it. before the podcast that said, do not talk about the Hawks. You do yeah. not get to talk about the Hawks. Literally, fine. if you do this, I'm talking about the Lakers. No, okay, okay, fine. fine. I'm not going to. I that. challenge you. No, I, 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 I realized that I was wrong. Start over. I apologize. Shame. Shame. All right. Shame. Okay. <laughs> Yo, Josh, did you see LeBron and Russell Westbrook sitting in the same summer league game? That definitely means something. It actually does. Yeah. We're sitting beside each other, so it means something. It's pretty amazing how Westbrook's career has basically turned into Iverson's <laughs> at the end of his. Where, like, he doesn't want the bench Oof. role. He's not accepting his current role as, like, a guy that should not have the ball but has it way too much. And he's going to be out of the league in a year. He won't be out of the league. Yes, he will. He won't be out I, of the league. We'll see. I'll bet you on that. Too talented. Too talented. That's what we said about Iverson. Roger, give me... No, we didn't. Not towards Allen Iverson's end. Yes, we did. Nobody said Allen Iverson was too was too talented when he went to Detroit or when he went to Memphis, okay? No, nobody said that about Allen Iverson. No, but people still said he's going to be in the NBA. He's still like a super talented guy, obviously. He just Russell couldn't... Westbrook can still start for a bad team. Iverson started for Detroit. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then fell off. So Russell Westbrook started for Washington last year. Well, he... And next year, that's... he's just got to find another shitty team to start for. No, he's not. No chance. He will. He will. I'll bet you whatever amount of money you want. Guarantee. We'll see. <laughs> okay. All right, Raj. Enough Lakers talk. Please save us. Not with the Atlanta Hawks. Cut all that out. So the team that really probably caught me <laughs> off guard, uh, and it's, I'm not going to say the Atlanta Hawks because I would never say that. Um, but it would. Prob- no, the Atlanta Hawks talk is staying. No, no, the Atlanta Hawks talk is gone. We 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 don't speak of that. Uh, it would have to be the Spurs. Uh huh. Uh, especially with Greg Popovich um, being as old as he is and him really kind of being probably his last year, I can say. Uh, they basically went into another rebuild. 
Um, and this offseason, the only player that they have acquired in free agency, not through trade, is Isaiah Roby. Um, and obviously them trading away uh, DeJounte Murray is basically them throwing in the white flag. And I really thought they would probably still try to make another run for the playoffs. And uh, I really kind of am a bit surprised they went this direction. But the Spurs, maybe they're reloading for another 15-year stint with, uh, with I don't know who. But honestly, I'm just a bit surprised they went that direction considering their coach is like 70-some years old. See, we already talked about Utah and them basically trying to recreate what they did before and getting the next great French big man. And it seems like history is also repeating itself with the Spurs and that they are now tanking to get their next franchise corner piece with Victor Wembanyama because they were the first team this offseason to throw in the white towel and just say we're going to rebuild. I wasn't really surprised by what the Spurs did, honestly. Like, I understand why they did what they did. They wanted to get um, as much value as they could from DeJounte um, while they still had the opportunity to do so. They had two years left to do so, I think. Because this year would have been in his extension year. Mm-hmm. And next year he would have become a free agent after the year was over. And do you really want to give DeJounte Murray the second max contract that he's going to get where he's going to be making $200 plus million most likely and him be your potential best player? Probably not, right? Like He's a really good player, but you don't want him to be the guy. So I totally get why they did what they did. Like People have been killing Washington for what they didn't do with Bradley Beal. And that they didn't trade him after he had his 30-point-per-game year with one or two years left on his contract and get full max value for him. And the Spurs just did that with DeJounte. So I don't think you can do say one thing about Beal and then say a complete opposite about the other. I'm not saying you did that. I'm just saying in general um, with DeJounte because the Spurs got full max value from him instead of just waiting it out and seeing what would have happened with his contract negotiations. So I totally get what they did. And I agree with them bottoming out this year because they looked at the landscape of the West and there's at least 11 teams that would have been ahead of them. None being the second. I, I mean, I wouldn't compare it. Hey, hey, hey. Not including them. Kings That's are. true. <laughs> the Kings are going to be a playing game this year. No, they're not. They will be. No. Will. Um, no. Yeah, behind behind the leading hands of Kevin Herter, they will be. <laughs> Good Thank God. you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't compare the Beal and Murray situations. To that, I don't know. I don't think it's very. I don't think it's the exact same thing like you're trying to say. Uh, it makes sense that they got rid of Murray Beal. I think Washington was just stuck with him. Either way, uh, I think his value was way too high at that point for anyone to to return maximum value. And at the same time, it's Washington. No one's like it's a bum franchise. No one's gonna go there. No one wants to go there. No one wants to be traded there. Whereas with San Antonio, they've built so much clout over the years with Tim Duncan that they sort of, they got a pass, man. The Spurs have been low-key tanking since they got rid of Kawhi. And I guess that one year they had DeMar, like DeMar's first year. But after that, they've been low-key tanking and uh, no one's, no one's talked shit about the Spurs. Everyone's just giving them the bye because they were so good for so long, right? That we just assume that... Pop and RC Buford know what they're doing, and they're gonna do, they're gonna do the best thing for the team, and blah 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 blah. Yeah, your highest paid player right now is Doug McDermott. Have fun. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you're gonna be you're gonna be training young guys like 
Josh Primo and Devin Vassell. Good players, good young players, but good. Yeah, have fun. That's all I can really say. We yeah. get it. You're tanking. You're tanking more than OKC did. You're going to be sitting Yakum Pertle because he's playing too many minutes. You know what I mean? Oh, they're going to trade him for sure. Yeah, Pertle, <laughs> Pertle, Richardson, and McDermott are probably gone by the deadline. Yeah, they're going to build around what Primo Johnson and Hofer Victor. Hopefully, Victor Webanyama. We'll see if they even get him. Next year. The odds aren't that high. But yeah, so, uh, I don't know, man. And I can f- safely say, fuck the Spurs. Yeah. Fuck them now. It's probably that Detroit. No, man. My, 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 no, my stance is pretty firm on tanking teams. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like watching tanking teams. If like, what's the point? Yeah. The NBA. The NBA needs to do something about that. Just in terms of watching in the West, there's gonna be four teams that are like just bad. Like, like should be in the G League, um, and it, it's so. Frustrating. <laughs> Choose your teams wisely. Wait, which well, teams are you talking teams? about? The four teams in the West. Yeah. The Jazz. Yeah, yeah. Who you? Who the okay. Jazz? The Thunder. Yep. Yeah. San Antonio. Houston. Oh, hold on. The Thunder have better than a G League team. If the right Thunder now. actually play their guys for a full eighty-two game season, they could potentially be in the plane. I would take OKC's roster over Sacramento's. No, I think you take their star power over Sacramento's. You wouldn't take their roster. I mean, that's star power, though, right? Like, I'd rather have SGA and Giddy over probably any of those guys on Sacramento, honestly. Well, Sabonis is nice. Let's see. You- Sabonis is a good player, <laughs> but I think you probably take those two guards yeah, over those funny. dudes, honestly. Oh, uh, wow. What a shocker. Did you know Shay and De'Aaron Fox are the same age? Doesn't it, doesn't it feel like De'Aaron Fox has been in the league for like eight years? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's just that it contract, does, right? man. Like going back to the Jante thing. Like, do you really want to be paying these like secondary guards that much money? Yeah. Hold on, what secondary guard are you talking about, Darren Fox? As in, like second tier. Sorry, second tier point guard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, then that that makes much more sense. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox is only twenty four. How crazy is that? Yeah, he's been in the league for like, I mean, what, five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy, that dude is young. Yeah. I thought I definitely thought he was older. He's getting paid. Yo, I'm back on the Kings, man. Just watch. Yeah. But Josh, just watch. Play in team, boy. Yeah, but just Kevin Herter, man. Just around noise. It it's gonna be the Jazz, the Thunder, the Spurs, and the Rockets. Those are like four bad teams in the West. In the East, you actually struggle to name three. The East has Honestly, really Orlando East, and yeah. Detroit. Indy? Oh, and Indy, sure. Indy sucks. Yeah. Washington's going to suck, even though they don't want to suck. Five, five. They're going to be trash. Sure, four. Four each. Brooklyn, because Kyrie's going to play like 30 games, and KD is going to pretend he has an injury or, you know, half asset. I think OKC is a really interesting team to look at this year from like just from other teams perspective because I don't see them sitting out SGA the second half of the year this year like they have the past two years. No, they're going to play him. You would think so, but if they do play him, they're going to be too good in order to tank into the top or bottom five, right? They don't need Victor, man. Those days are over. New OKC. 
But you know Presti wants him, though. Like, they want him or they want uh, the number two pick next year, uh, Scoot Henderson. Both those guys are supposed to be, like, top, top-level picks, right? And does OKC have one of those guys? Maybe. They might have Chet Holmgren. SGA, I think, is, like, he's a step above guys like De- uh, Darren Fox and um, DeJounte Murray, most likely. But he's not like a he's not like a franchise level guard, I don't think. As much as I like SG, I don't think he's like in that tier. So and then Giddy is the same sort of thing, right? Like he's really good. Yeah. But is he a franchise level guy? No, he's probably like a second, third guy. Uh I guess. I don't I don't know. And Presti always plays for those it. like top elite level talents. So does SGA get traded this year? That's my big question going into this year for OKC. Nah, man. There's no way that they trade him. No, but think about no it. Like, way. we've talked about this. Like, if he wants to play the entire year and they're trying to tank, you have one thing going against the other. So one of those things has to win out. And how it's much does SGA. Preston want? You think so? It's, yeah. Uh, worst case scenario, he's just going to come out in public and say, I'm healthy. Let me run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, guys, like, I really wanted to be out there. The coach said, like, Doctor said they saw something, but I'm feeling great. You know, I'm I'm ready to go anytime coach tells me to get out there. Yeah, but then you yeah. do that a couple of times in the press, and they'll they'll run with it, man. Yeah, I guess so. But I can definitely see him as the next star level guy that gets traded just because of that. Because I think that they're in different areas of you know their career versus the organization, right? Like. SGA is in a position now, like, he wants to win. And they actually have some pretty good talent around him now. If you look at their roster, like, their starting five is, like, pretty good. Just their bench, they don't have anybody. But if they actually play those guys together throughout the course of the season, like, two years ago, throughout the first half of the year, that OKC team was, like, 500. And then the bottom just fell out because SGA sat the rest of the year. And they have a much better roster now than they did two years ago. So I think they're a potential playing team if they decide to. Decide to be right. They won't be, man. Just watch. They're not going to tank this year. I don't think they're going to. I don't know how far they'll make it, but they won't tank. I I, I don't think they're going to tank, but they're not very good. Oh, I think they're a lot better than you think. I, especially I behind uh, behind Dagno as their coach. Whew. And they got your Canadian Lugens Dort. Dort. Yes. Man, this is a this is a Can lineup. We talk about the contract for one Green. second before we wrap up. I just Dort? want to get your opinions on this. Like, did you think it was a good contract? 15, uh-huh. 15 mil? 15 to 17? No, no. He got uh, five years. I think it was around 18 to 19 million per year. So it's five years I'm around lo- I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. Uh, so this upcoming year, he makes 15. For the next two years, he's making 15. 15.2, 16.5, and then 17.2 for the two following years after that. That's a good contract. So uh, what? He's 22? He's 23 this year, and realistically, would I rather have that or KCP on my team as a, as the Thunder? I'd rather have Lugens Dort contract. It's just funny how Easily. like the media ran with that contract. They're like Lugens Dort is making 90 million dollars for five years. What is going on? It's like he's better than a lot of the guys that have gotten that money already. Yeah, and he improves yeah. every single season. Like everyone, like two years ago, he couldn't shoot, and then he shows up against Houston from games four to seven. He shot like 50 percent from three. And block James Harden's shot, you know, <laughs> defended James Harden better than anybody to that point anyway in the playoffs. And yeah. uh, no. 
that's what you got to pay for guards that can play defense like that. No, James Harden just defends himself. He's garbage. <laughs> okay, let's end on that, please. Uh, yeah, let's. <laughs> I think I'll call it off there. All right, good stuff, guys. This is fun. Let's let's do this more often. You know, that'll be that'll be nice. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, all the major podcast platforms. You can leave those reviews and comments. Thank you very much, Joshua. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Corner Pod. And until next time, peace.